0: Hey guys, before we dive in today, does anyone have any trouble managing their weight right now or just need a push to get back on track? Maybe you're struggling with belly fat or just feeling overweight and don't know where to start. I have been using an incredible product that I am getting amazing results with myself, my husband, my clients. And what it does is you take a tablespoon a day there's brownie batter flavor, vanilla, five other flavors that are delicious. And this product does many things. It inhibits fat storage, improves muscle tone, has collagen to restore your youthful skin while eliminating the belly fat. It has clinical strength, CLA, which is really all about inhibiting cellular fat storage, supporting fat oxidation, reducing fat cell size. I can't say enough about this product. If you're looking for a jumpstart and just need a little help, supplementation can be your answer. As long as you're keeping up with a healthy diet, moving around and exercising in some sort of way, please reach out. I'd love to share this product that I'm having amazing and incredible results with enjoy the show. My name is Kelly Tian and welcome to Addicted to the Climb. Hey guys, welcome to the show. You are going to learn how I overcome adversity, hear from people just like you that have faced challenges and still keep climbing. Are you ready to elevate your life and choose your path? Let's do it together. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to a new year of Addicted to the Climb. I am so excited about today's show because first of all, it marks one year of Addicted to the Climb podcast. So I can't even believe I'm saying that because my guest today actually propelled me to just sit down and record a show with her a year ago. And here we are today. I invited her back to set off 2021. So she's one of my closest and oldest friends in age two, in age two. (laughs) Only joking, we're the same age. I might look a little younger than her, but we can chat about that in a minute. But I invited her because again, she was my first guest. She, We recorded the first episode while she was here visiting me for the holidays last year. I miss those days tremendously. I miss her tremendously. But what a blessing it is and what a blessing it was to have her just get me started. This woman is a boss in heels, a best-selling author, a top podcaster of her own show, Confidence Creator, TED speaker, and a top motivational speaker. She has been been creating confidence and transforming lives around this world for many people over the last God knows how many years it's been. So I am so excited to introduce her to you. If you haven't met her yet, here is Heather Monahan. Thanks for having me, Cal. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> All right, you guys. So let's be honest. It's been a rough year. I mean, we have been through so much together throughout life in our business, but this year so much has transpired for both of us. And it's all about you today, Heather. And I want to just, for people that don't know you, maybe they didn't, if you guys didn't listen to that first episode, I really suggest going back because first of all, I was not calm. I was very nervous. And she's like, just sit down and record the episode. I was like, okay. I didn't have questions prepared. I'm like just jumping in. And I guess that's what life's about anyways. We're addicted to the climb. We have to just take that step and keep climbing higher or else you're not going to get anywhere. So first, I just want to thank you because now we're one year later and this is so exciting. But why don't you just tell my listeners that don't know you a little bit about your story and you were in corporate America for 20 years and, you know, a lot has happened And then through COVID, we can get into that as well, but take us on a little journey of your life.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Worcester and got into sales, right. As soon as I got out of school and then got into the radio business and spent two decades in, um, in radio, ultimately I was a chief revenue officer responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars and thousands of employees. And I was just named one of the most influential women in radio in July of 2017. And within a month, I was fired when the CEO I had worked for for 14 years fell ill. He elevated his daughter to replace him, and she fired me immediately. So I took that opportunity to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator, which led me to launching my speaking career, which led me to launching my podcast, uh, giving my first TEDx talk, which was promoted to TED. And then I, during COVID, I found a book agent and signed with HarperCollins Leadership. I just wrote my second book for them and submitted that to them in December. So it's coming out in December, 2021. And during 2020, I was named top 40 uh, US female keynote speaker. I was number 25 on that list. We're looking to take it up to top five in 2021. And it's, and I launched my consulting and coaching program uh, during COVID as well. So it's been a rocky, rocky 2020, but looking forward and optimistic to 2021. I just was Pitched on taking a job um, for a keynote speaker in person in March of 2021. And that's the first, all of my requests and bookings thus far have been virtual. So I'm super excited that um, someone's daring to go face to face.
0: Face to face. How exciting. I know. It's just, I can't wait for live events, just anything face to face. I mean, we're almost there. I mean, this is a good sign. You're in, that's March, a couple months away. How crazy to just think of how exciting that is to be face-to-face with someone. So everyone listening, she absolutely is the definition of addicted to the climb, as you just heard her story. But Heather, why don't you, what are some of, so let's focus on 2020. What are some of the top lessons that you learned this year about, you know, through the ups, the downs? Give us a few.
1: Yeah. One is that, Uh, don't focus on the nose. It only takes one yes. So I, when I decided I wanted to write a book with a traditional publishing house, I Googled Rachel Hollis because she's one of the top um, authors for nonfiction. And so I Googled Rachel Hollis, found out who her agent is, and I sent a pitch to her agent as to why I thought she should represent me and why I could drive new revenue for her. And she said, no, you're not the right fit for me. I mean, more towards religion, but I have a partner who's more interested in business. Why don't you talk to her? So I pitched her partner. Her partner said, great, love the story, love what you're doing. Send me a book proposal. And I said, well, I don't know what a book proposal is. And she said, well, you need to send a proposal. You can't send me a book. So I asked her for the name of someone that I could hire to help me write a book proposal. She referred me to Peter Economy, and he and I embarked on creating a book proposal for my new book, Leapfrogging Villains. So we got the book proposal done, submitted it back to Jill. That's my agent. And she said no 14 times. And every time she would challenge me to revise the proposal and improve it. And every time I did. And finally, on my 15th time when I was about to give up, she finally said yes. Wow.
0: Congrats. This is very exciting for you. I can't wait. I hope I have a chapter in the book. (laughs) (laughs) okay crickets right there anyways head you're very motivated so we know this you are the epitome of motivation but i know you have your bad days i mean you were told no 15 times you just said and there's a lot of people right now that are struggling they're stuck they've been told no especially through covid maybe they're trying to go in another direction they lost a job when you're at rock bottom, which I know you've been at rock bottom a few times, how do you pick yourself back up? Speak to that person right now that is so afraid of what's to come because they don't know what's coming. How do they get themselves excited to just begin something new the way, you know, you have done many times?
1: Yeah. I mean, the first thing that I ask people is to Think about a year from now and what do you want your life to look like? You know, for me, I want to be top five U.S. female speaker. I want my book to be a number one seller. I want to be a Wall Street Journal bestseller, right? I start thinking of all the different things I want to accomplish from a year from now. Now, make that decision today. So how do I need to behave and what do I need to do today to get myself to that position next year? I know what that looks like. It's a lot of work. It's mapping out my priorities. It's taking action every single day. So First of all, find out what that is. Like, what do you want to have achieved? And then reverse engineer, how do we get there? When I look at one of my really low moments was when I got fired in 2017. The first thing I did was I posted about it. I posted, hey, I just got fired and this is really hard. And, you know, I put it out to the world what had happened to me. And what that ultimately did was it allowed people to step up and offer me help which ultimately Froggy from Elvis Duran Show tweeted at me, hey, let me know if I can help. And I learned convert opportunities in the moment. And I tweeted right back, get me on the show. And he did. And that led me down a totally different path, which ultimately brought me to writing my first book. So ask for help, raise your hand, shine a light on shame. If people don't know you're struggling, they can't help you. Focus on gratitude to get you out of your funk. Make yourself write down three things each day and be disciplined about it. Map out a 30-day plan and cross off the days, knowing that some amazing surprises will start showing up for you if you start focusing on gratitude and focusing on what action steps you're taking daily. Write those things down. Figure out a different time in your life when you were doing better and use that image as a goal for the end of your 30 days. And the more that you focus on that image and focus on where you want to be in the future, you can start taking those action steps today to move you closer towards that vision.
0: So are you more, do you map out your goals yearly, a five-year plan? Do you, do you do every 30 days yourself? Is that, how do you, because I know there's people listening that probably never mapped out a goal for themselves. If they're brand new, well, they don't know how to start. They're, they're winging it right now. I mean, I have clients, they're starting over all the time. So for the, for the newer people that really don't know how to do this, what would you suggest to them? How do they even start? setting up a game plan?
1: So the world we live in today is so incredibly different than than the one we used to live in. When I was younger, I always had a five-year plan. And when I was younger, I remember one of my goals was to be on the cover of Business Weekly magazine and to be the CEO of a company, you know, doing X amount of dollars in revenue. And that was in my five-year plan. Now, my life completely pivoted when I was fired because I had to leave the industry because my non-compete, I couldn't go back to that industry I had expertise in. And that's when I decided to go to work for myself. Now, when I started in that really dark area of, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. You can't create a five-year plan at that point. What's helpful now that we live in this weird world of the pandemic is that no one, I don't care who you are, can have a five-year plan right now. It's impossible, right? Because we don't know, does 2021 look more normal and our live events a thing and now your business can pivot and go back there? Or is there another setback and no one get? you know, we're back on quarantine again. Because of these variables that are happening, n- no one can create that five-year plan. It's just too dark in the future. We don't know what it looks like, right? No one can see that far ahead. So that reminds me of starting as an entrepreneur that I don't I don't want to put that pressure on myself to look at what 5 years from now is, but what I can tell you big picture and for when people ask me that, oh what's your 5 year 5 years from now what is, what are your goals look like? I can tell you I'll be running my own company. I can tell you that I'll be helping lots of people. I can tell you I'll be driving value and results for others while driving revenue for myself. Right? I can tell you big picture what that looks like. But it could be that I've launched a movie that I have a Netflix special that, you know, all I'm doing is speaking that that I have a clothing line. I'm not sure what different revenue streams they'll be, but I know what the, that umbrella and big picture looks like. And it all starts with having, you know, that fundamental what it purpose, passion. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you bring unique to the world? You've got to figure out what you're great at. You know, what are you drawn to? What was it that you loved to do when you were a kid? What are the things other people tell you are special and unique about you? Your unique value proposition. So the sooner you're able to define and clarify that, that's really going to help you ensure that you move towards purpose-driven work, which is really so important because you'll definitely be more successful if you set yourself up to do something that you love versus, you know, doing something just for a paycheck. So find your unique value proposition, find your purpose and passion, and then start creating smaller goals. If you're just starting out, don't say, oh, you know, in five years, I'm going to own my own company. That seems like my massive goal. But maybe today the goal is that you want to spend 45 minutes writing out the things that you love to do. You know, take little steps to get yourself going so that you're able to take bigger steps uh, once you develop that foundation.
0: I love what you just said about zoning in on what you're good at. I think a lot of people try to do what other people are doing and emulate them and it doesn't work. So I think that's perfectly said. If you're trying to find your purpose, you guys, you're not going to find your purpose through someone else. You have to sit quietly and map that out what she just said, because it's so important that you know what you're good at. And maybe it's not what you think you're good at. You have to really just write out your skills. And I just love that because I've done that over the last year myself. I mean, you guys might think I've known what I'm good at all these years, and people look at me and think different things of me. But through COVID and being home a lot, I really had to get quiet. And I got quiet through this year. And I learned so much about myself, which I'm sure you did too, Heather. I mean, you learn so much about yourself when you take the time to really figure out what you're good at where you want to go in your next step in your next climb and your happiness is there so if you're miserable right now you need to take some quiet time and figure out all those things and you will get ahead and find your purpose because 2021 can be your year in so many ways listen we're we're throwing away the old we're tearing up the, the old stories we're writing a new one we're grabbing new pens and writing a new story So I want, I know you're very relatable to a lot of women. And in this way, especially I have a lot of fitness girls on here and women that like to work out. And I want to just draw the attention to that for a minute, because you love to work out. You're a very busy woman, but working out is just for, especially when you're so busy, I think it's an absolute non-negotiable. Like you have to have a moment in time a day where you work out to relieve that stress, but during COVID, I know you also struggled, like many of us have, with staying home, eating whatever in the fridge, not taking care of your physical body like normal because life was thrown upside down for for that moment in time. Talk to my women on here about how you re motivated yourself from that point because we talked about this. You were in a, you were like, oh my gosh, I'm gaining weight and I don't feel good about myself. So how did you get yourself back on that track?
1: Yeah, one of the things I recognized is that for me, and everybody's different, one of my accountability measures I had in place was being out in the real world. So that could be going to an interview, you know, going to a meeting, going out to dinner with friends, whatever it was, for me, that held me accountable to how I wanted to look and feel in those interfaces. Once that was gone, and I was no longer leaving my house, that accountability measure disappeared. So I stopped, you know, taking, I was wearing workout clothes all day long, not wearing my outfits that you can tell if someone gains five or 10 pounds very clearly, right? So that, that didn't exist any longer. So what I finally did was when I, you know, I don't even know how much weight I had gained at least 10 pounds. And I said, I'm miserable. I'm out of shape. All I was doing was riding the Peloton. I was bored of that. It was just, you know, everything had just become so bored and negative that um, that this was right when quarantine was ending. I contacted a trainer and I hired a trainer to put an accountability measure in place for me because I needed to manufacture one since the one that I had relied on my entire life disappeared being out in public and doing things. And so I hired a trainer and I got uncomfortable. I had been inside so long. The idea of going outside scared me. It was, oh gosh, what if I get sick? What if I am exposed? What if this is a bad decision, right? All these crazy, fearful ideas popped in my head. She assured me she'd been training people outside and that we would stay socially distanced. It would be safe. And so the first time I went, I was so nervous just to go outside. It was very, very, um, shocking to me actually, but the workout was great. And, and then I started saying, okay, I'm going to do a minimum of four to five times, you know, a week with her and then do the Peloton on the other days. And then slowly I was able to get back to a more normal, but even still to this day, because, you know, for me, I'm a single mom and I have to take care of my son. And I, the risk of getting sick is too scary for me. I typically try to stay in as much as possible. And, make sure that we're being safe and not around a lot of people, you know, that whole accountability of the old normal world that we had being gone is difficult. And so what I've tried to do is find things that I'm looking forward to, whether it be a trip, you know, with a friend or, you know, maybe it's just one dinner with somebody, but plan out an outfit that I want to wear to that or something that's going to hold me accountable to who I am and who I want to show up as
0: you keep saying the word accountable. And that I think is the word of the new year as well, because when you are accountable to someone else, when you have a goal, I think that's the only way that you can move up that ladder. And so for you, why don't you tell us about your accountability program and how you thought of it and created that and tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah. So my the majority of my revenue was coming from live events and my speaking engagements prior to the pandemic occurring. So when that happened, everything on my calendar was canceled essentially overnight or at least within a week's uh, period of time. That was really crippling. And so I just know myself and I am my most creative and my most solutions focused when I'm working out. So I jumped on my Peloton. And I just started biking and listening to the music and thinking, how do I create a solution that I can drive revenue from my home and bring people some value enough such that I can drive revenue to compensate for what I've lost. And it came to me, go check your DM, see what it is people ask you for, Heather. And so I got off the bike, I came over to my computer, And I started going through all my DMs and looking and writing down what was it people asked me for that previously I would decline them because I just didn't have time. I was traveling so much. I was too busy. And I saw just this theme kept popping up. Do you do consulting? Do you ever do coaching? Would you ever be willing to coach me? Would you ever be willing to mentor me? And it was, you know, it was very frequent. So I saw there's a thread here. This means something. This is a need that people have. That it's it's a problem I can solve for them. Yes, I can coach them. Yes, I can consult them. Yes, I can teach them how to do these things. Yes, I can hold them accountable. And so I just said, take action, move fast, and break things. I went to social media and I posted, "You asked, I've answered. I'm launching my first ever coaching program. Limited spots available. DM me if you want in." And I sold that program out. That was back in, oh my gosh, was it April? Maybe it was the April or May, and i've been running a coaching program every single month since and that ultimately evolved and morphed into one-on-one executive coaching as i learned more about the industry i had no prior knowledge of the coaching business because i had never hired a coach and so i had to start researching and learning about that business and it's completely evolved since when i first started but the the great news is i've you know met a lot of wonderful people and been able to help people and and drive um, new revenue streams as a result of it
0: But the thing about you is that you're just not afraid to take a chance on yourself. I think people hold themselves back a lot because they're so fearful of taking a step into the unknown. And you just project
1: that you're, you're just going to try it. You're just going to go for it no matter what you have. there's, There's two things that people need to understand about that. One is that if you don't do that, you will end up right where you are today. So ask yourself that question. Do I like where I am right now today? If you do, then just keep doing those same things. If you don't, you have to take action and do something completely different, right? So that's number one. Number two is that successful people don't know the how, but they trust themselves to figure it out along the way. Oftentimes people will believe, oh, that person, they're successful because they've always known how, they've always had this knowledge I didn't have. That's not true. And I only really have been living this since I got fired say, I don't know anything about writing a book. I don't even know if I'm allowed to, but you know what? I'm just going to go figure it out. And I did. And then there was a book and then I figured out with a podcast and then I figured out with speaking and then I figured out with the TEDx talk and I couldn't, you know, all these things. I didn't know how to do them until I stepped in and started taking action steps to figure it out along the way.
0: Mm. And you keep such a positive mindset. Do you do anything specifically to keep your mind space in the right space?
1: Well, one of the things during this uh, quarantine is I, whenever I would wash my hands, I would state my claims is what I call it. So I am the top US speaker. I am killing it. I am on fire. This is my best year yet, right? So whatever it is that you want to happen in your life or how you want to feel, I am creative or I am focused on solutions you know, I would use that time as it developed a new routine for me. Some people do it when they're brushing their teeth. Some people, you know, do it as a morning practice, whatever works for you, do it. But you want to find different ways that are little habits that you can create that remind you that there is a lot that we can be grateful for that we can focus on, you know, good in our life. And the more we focus on those things, and the more we surround ourselves with positive people and fire the villains in our life, the more we start building momentum.
0: In speaking about firing the villains, why don't you take us into your next book because it's all about leapfrogging villains. So that was a good intro because I'm excited to hear about your new book, which again, congrats. This is very exciting book. Number two, if you haven't read her first book, Confidence Creator, you need to grab that. You will build confidence through each chapter of that book. But tell us what this new one mostly focuses on.
1: So one of the things, again, I look at what people ask me for. And so that really gives data doesn't lie. And so if you look at what it is people ask you for, you have a pretty good chance that you're going to do well with whatever initiative you're taking on. People always ask me since I wrote the first book, how did you get to where you are now since you wrote that book? And so really what leapfrogging villains is, is all the very specific steps that I took, failures, successes, learning moments from the time that I got fired until now. And so I walk everybody through how I did it and how the reader can do it too.
0: Mm. Congrats again. Well, I just love, I know that we don't have a lot of time and I'm being mindful of your time. And I thank you for coming on the show, but I have a couple more questions. First I want to end with a couple fun questions for people because I always have fun questions that I do either before or at the end. But are you reading anything right now? What's your favorite book right now?
1: I just finished writing my book. The last thing in the world I want to do is read something Come on, you have to be reading something else besides your own book. No, you know, it's interesting. When you, I wrote a book during the pandemic and that is, wow, it is a lot of work. So one of the things that I do if I have a deadline, which of course I had a deadline with the book, it was December 1st, so I just finished that. And you know I went all in on it. So taking a break for me from that and getting giving myself a little bit of space has been good. I, I don't wanna feel like I have to do something. I wanna feel like I wanna do it. So mm. someday I'll you know be interviewing someone for my podcast. I'm sure they'll have a book and I'll say, oh, I wanna read it instead of having somebody give me the cliff notes on it.
0: Oh, perfect. Maybe it will be my book. <laughs> Maybe never know. Um, What about what's for? So right now, when you do need to take some time for yourself, what do you do for fun?
1: Oh, my gosh, it's so gosh, it's so lame these days. Literally, the most fun thing I consistently do is go to the park near my house and work out. And what I love about it is while it's socially distanced, you get to see people. I mean, granted you're not like walking up and talking to them right because you don't want to get close to people you don't know but it is kind of fun just to be in a community and and remember we're part of something and be outside this time of year is amazing in Miami and so you know for me it's really just getting to be outside and um, be near people and a sense of normalcy I have my first meeting. Actually, this is my second meeting. I signed on um, for the board of directors of a company called HealthLink um, during pandemic as well. And that was the first in-person business meeting I had and the only one so far. And now Monday, I have my next in-person business meeting. It's with a large organization that wants to bring me on as a speaker. And it's just crazy to see that people are starting to take chances and want to meet with business people face-to-face. So that's, that is something I look forward to. And that's fun. And I, by
0: the way, I am jealous because I'm, I'm up here in the Massachusetts, Boston area with the snow and the cold. And so take advantage of being outside. Oh, am I jealous? And we're back at 25% everywhere with curfews. So our fun is a little different at this moment, but I I'll be down to visit you soon, soon enough. All right. A couple <laughs> more, a couple more questions. What is your favorite food?
1: Oh my gosh. m and food. No, probably, uh, we have a great sushi restaurant here that I'm obsessed with. So Pub Belly Sushi is really good.
0: Oh, I love it. And all right, what about the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Brush my teeth. Okay. And what's the last thing you do before bed? Brush
1: my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty easy. <laughs> okay,
0: that's interesting.
1: <laughs> and Do you do breakfast or are you a faster? No, I, I mean, I drink coffee for sure, but no, I typically don't eat breakfast. So mostly a fast, fast.
0: Okay. Those were my fun questions. So lastly, I want to ask you this, since you're the confidence creator, if you were in an elevator with someone for about 90 seconds or what a minute, how would you tell that person to build confidence? How could, if they said, oh, I have no confidence. What am I going to do? If you had 90 seconds, what would you tell them?
1: If you don't start believing that it's possible, nobody else is going to believe it. The first thing you need to do is evaluate the people in your life, fire your villains, get rid of them, write yourself reminders on the bottom of your shoes, choose to focus on gratitude, write a list of all the things you've accomplished and overcome in your life, and keep reading that with frequency, shine your light and just go bigger, take a chance on you. I love that. Wow, that was good. Thanks. All right.
0: And very last, my show is Addicted to the Climb. What are you climbing towards next? I mean, I know you told us a few things, but so out of everything that you talked about today, what is the big thing that is your climb right now?
1: My speaking business. I actually, um, I have a a few different speaker agents that I work with, but I had a new company that reached out to me during the pandemic that really wanted to start working with me exclusively. And so I just started working with them and we booked a ton of virtual events um, in January and February already. And so really looking to accelerate that business, hopefully, you know, longer term, it does go back to more um, in-person events, but that's definitely the part of my business that's had tr- basically disappeared this year. So rebuilding it um, for 2021 is, that's the goal is to come out on top.
0: Yes. Climbing towards the finish line. I love it. And wh- if somebody wants to connect with you, reach out to you, where do you want them to go?
1: So my website's heathermonaghan.com and I'm on all social media at Heather Great, thanks, Hev. Thanks so much for being on the show
0: today. I really am excited for big things for 2021. To keep watching you, as I told you, she's a good friend of mine. I've watched her over many years and it's just amazing. And and she's such an incredible inspiration. And guys, if you didn't get anything out of this, the one thing I have to say is don't sit still. Keep moving, no matter what. You do not want to be right here today, this place that you're in right now, and four weeks from now. Never mind next December 3rd, whatever it is. You just want to keep moving forward. Take a step. Don't be afraid. Fire the villains and buy Heather's new book or her old book. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, Hev. I wish you the best. And until next week, you guys keep on climbing. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytian.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, keep on climbing.